Hello all, this is Blonde Haired Girl, and I wanted to do a podcast about a topic that I feel like is really the root of our unhappiness, <laughs> our unhappiness, and that breaking through this would lead to our happiness, <laughs> which is what everything in my life is about at this point, because I believe that it is the only reason for us to be here on planet Earth in this time, in this space, in this reality, whatever that even means. I had had an interesting week. This week, I I had had something come up and that has come out up throughout my life. And this idea that I think is really and actually not a it's not a real thing, this idea of constructive criticism. I mean, some people try to say, you know, oh, well, it's just constructive criticism. And I don't believe that there is such a thing. <laughs> I think that criticism is just criticism. And I, over my life, I have had an issue with this over and over and over again. It just is sort of this cycle cyclic thing in my life that just keeps coming back and coming back and coming back and it came back again this week I've been I've been um, my occupation right now has been one of my occupations has been as a second grade teacher and I got some feedback this week that I that I actually didn't agree with and I had gotten feedback before that I didn't agree with. And when I, when I suggested that I didn't agree with that, there was something that was actually said about my ego. Actually, the word ego came up because I didn't, oh, I can see that I can't talk to you. Like I can't give you negative feedback because your massive ego cannot handle it. That's not what was said. But that was the implication that I took from it. And I'm not even sure if that's an ap accurate Im implication. But I, I had grown up with a lot of criticism, an exorbitant amount of criticism. I mean, just really pounding over and over and over again about my insignificance and my lack of intelligence, my every, every part of me, you know, just pounded in me of my unworthiness. And so I noticed that throughout my life, I, there was this, this, underlying, you know, sort of dread. And <laughs> I'm sort of laughing because I think that in some ways it can be 
the human condition of wanting to check out of this place and wanting to be, you know, in whatever is the next life, because this one really is kind of awful since I'm, you know, this horrible, unworthy, terrible person um, that really had been drilled into me in my childhood before I can actually even remember. I got, I got this message loud and clear. And so throughout my life, I, it's just been sort of this undercurrent. And there came a point, you know, I don't, I, I, I didn't know exactly how to describe it. Like I, in my early 20s, I had been diagnosed supposedly with like an anxiety disorder with with actual panic attacks. I had had a lot of issues with my heart even in my early 20s. They had put a heart monitor on me to try to figure out why I was having these episodes and so but I I tried everything. I mean, I tried counseling, I tried, you know, uh, acupuncture in my ears, <laughs> cupping. I mean, I, like you name it, it seems like I had tried it um, to somehow get myself out of whatever this was, anxiety, depression, whatever it was. And so at some point, I just went to a psychiatrist and I just said, look, I I want to try antidepressants. I want to try this. And so I did. And I, and I have to say, it was extremely effective. What it seemed to do was just put this like rose colored glasses. It was like, I saw the world in this really rosy way. And it, I, I, it was just a really, really effective treatment for me in whatever was going on with me. And, but then there was this thing that would happen, this, this phenomena that happened where I would run out of prescriptions on a Friday. I would run out of prescriptions on a Friday and not have access and they wouldn't refill it because they had to talk to the doctor and then I would go days without my medicine and I could go a couple of days and be okay but then on the third day this really horrible thing happened and I would just tank I mean I would just it, it was the worst thing I mean I would I would be actually physically ill mentally ill, shaking. I mean, it, it was hell, hell. I, I don't know how else to describe it. And then I would just say to myself, I never want to take these again. And so I would, I would try um, to go for a period of time. And, and I'm not entirely sure how many years it may have been. Um, I'm not really sure how many years, but there had been multiple times where I had had this Friday night phenomena happen where I did not have access to my medicine and I would tank and I would be like, I, I just didn't know what to do with the, all of this.
But at some point, I had really decided that I did not want to be on them anymore. Um, and then there was this other phenomena that I noticed was that I was, that people seem, or my perception was that people seemed to like me better on them. Um, but anyway, I'm going to get back to that in a minute. But so I, I weaned myself off for about nine months. The last antidepressant that I had been on for the longest period of time was Paxil. And it was an incredibly effective medication for me. I don't think I was on it for the amount of time that you're supposed to be. I mean, I think I was well over, I had been on it for years and had tried to get off of it multiple times and had a pharmacist tell me, well, you may need to be on this for the rest of your life. And I just, I just was utterly convinced that I was not going to be on this medication. So I weaned myself off for nine months and, and then I'm off and I don't know how to describe it, except I just was catapulted into this hellish, hellish existence. Utter hell. I, I mean, it was as if my body, my brain and everything was in, was in, um, a panic attack for months at a time, days, months. I mean, it was, it was, I don't know how to describe how bad it was. And I also got during this time, a really horrible thing called insomnia. And so there were nights that I didn't sleep at all. There were nights that I maybe slept for three hours, sometimes five hours. But when you have insomnia, it's just the worst thing to not be able to sleep. And I would actually try to take naps and I couldn't even take naps. And this went on for the whole episode from getting off of the Paxil to starting to even feel better was about nine months. And then I, I, I was able to start to sleep again and, and, and not be completely obsessed with sleep all day during the day. And I was able to start to feel better after about nine months. So I, I'm off the Paxil. And here's the other thing is that antidepressants make it so that you're really not in your body. You're kind of outside of your body. So I didn't realize how sick I was. I was really sick. But what I noticed during this time was just the complete, it was a very strange time for me. I had the circle of people who said, just stay on your medicine, you need it, which was really a good percentage of the people in my circle. And then I had another very small group, you're a drug addict, and you need to get off of them immediately because you're, you know, you're, a, you're an addict. And then there was just me with the utter conviction that I would not be on this medication for the rest of my life. But what it really, 
is this is this lack of acceptance. This lack of acceptance for myself. And this lack of acceptance for who I was from the people around me. Who were consistently, the people around me were consistently wanting me to not be me. And since we are the creators of our reality, I, I am now pretty aware that I, for some reason, was creating this based on my beliefs. I think it was based on a core belief that I had before I can even remember of that I was just, there was just something intrinsically wrong with me. And so I had, I had just lived into that and, and allowed people around me to, you know, that, that dialogue, that narrative was just verified by what was coming into my, my existence because of my core beliefs. And then, and then I, I, when I got off the Paxil and then I started to feel better, I just got stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger as a, a into myself. And I, there were times where I really didn't talk to people very often because I really didn't want anybody's input. I was, I, I was like in this training camp. I mean, I was, I was really trying to get better and I didn't want anyone's influence on me except for the people that, which was very, very few people who I, I wanted their influence in my life at this point. And, and so, and then I have this, this life changing event where I experience the love of God and I am changed. And then I, what I believe happened was I just sort of became myself. And, and then I was not able to be anything but myself. And, and that has caused a lot of problems. <laughs> It has caused a lot of problems because, I mean, I, it's just very, very challenging to be in the world, but not of the world in the biblical sense. Like I'm, I live in the world, but I'm really in a completely different mindset than nearly everyone around me if not everyone around me. And so it's, it is pretty challenging to navigate. And so every day, my goal is to be happy, is to trust in God. Because the only thing that is for sure is the love of God. And that's it. The only thing that is, really is, is the love of God. And everything else is a bit of an illusion. <laughs> huh? 
and things are always changing. So there's like nothing to depend on. There's no assurance. I mean, we, we think there is. We think we have insurance, which is actually just like so funny. Insurance, insurance, what a joke. <laughs> it's like you pay into this thing and then the then like you need you need to actually get something done and then it doesn't cover anything. It's just so funny. This illusion, this illusion of somehow coverage, this illusion of of safety of some sort of um and the only thing that is safe is the love of god to be dependent on the love of god which i believe is just everything <clears throat> so this week i i I think I had talked earlier in this podcast about, you know, that I have this thing happen in my workplace where, and there's this phrase that we see others as we see ourselves. We see each other, others as we see ourselves. So people are seeing me as they see themselves and really negative feedback. I get negative feedback. Um, not all the time. Like there's a good percentage of the time where I get really positive feedback. Like one of my students today gave me this really lovely note, you know, saying that she's going to miss me because this is spring break and I'm so excited, um, about spring break. But, um, people are, are, you know, um, but get, like in the workplace, what I found is throughout my life, there has just been this dread, this sense of dread about, about getting feedback, getting their feedback about whatever I'm doing. And and especially when I don't even really, I didn't really want the feedback. I didn't want the observation. I, I was, I'm generally speaking in these particular situations, I'm not asking for this. I didn't say, oh, I want someone to observe me and give me feedback. I didn't ask for that. It was given to me whether I wanted it or not. And then I'm supposed to be supposed to take the feedback and not have any feelings about it and be gracious about it to, and I'm not saying to be rude, but most of the feedback that I get that is negative, I don't agree with. There are times where somebody may tell me something and I, that may ring true to me. Like, yeah, I can see that. You know, or sometimes I'll, I'll give it a bit of thought and I'll, you know, I can see where you're coming from on that. Um, and sometimes I will make changes based on what they have to say. But one of the things that ends up happening is, is this person who's giving us feedback and them getting in our heads like just full stop getting in our heads and then and then I'm really mad at myself 
for for like letting this person get in my head, letting this person take even one moment of my joy. And it's like, it's just such an interesting thing to me. But I do believe that it is actually key. It's actually key to learning how to be happy is really, in actuality, really learning to love ourselves. To love ourselves. And that's another part of this that I, another aspect that I really want to point out is that somebody is telling me something about myself that, that God wouldn't agree with and that I don't agree with. It's like you can't, this person cannot, cannot like say something about me that is not true. It's like, it's like <laughs> their truth hurts, not the truth. And then if I don't react properly, you know, I've got an ego problem. <laughs> I'm the one with the ego problem. But I think that a lot of the unhappiness comes from just a core belief. Having a core belief and a core lack of love for ourselves. And sort of just being able to laugh about it. Because you know what? It's like human is human. And like what really is perfection? And what I know is, is that nearly always I'm trying my best. I'm giving it my best. I'm going at my best. Now if I didn't give it my best, then I can sort of understand you know, I didn't do a very good job that time or that training that I did was really bad. Like sometimes I can, can, you know, I'm really aware that something was just a colossal fail and I'm willing to say that. But it's not, it has nothing to do with my worth as a human being or or the love that God has for me that I'm learning. I mean, we're all in a process of of something new or even something new in the journey, places that we've never done been before, things we've never done before. It's like it's like it's sort of like this this evolution and this processing and and learning and enjoying the ride. I don't really like to use the word learning because it sort of reminds me of this, this idea that we've come here to learn lessons. And if we don't learn our lesson, we're, we're going to go to hell in the next life or that we've come here to serve our karma because we were really bad in a former life. And, and I, believe that the only reason for us to be here is to enjoy. 
And the reason why I have come to this partly is just how much I love my children, how much more God loves us, but how much I love my children. And I did not have them to come here and suffer. I didn't have them to come here and, you know, have trials and tribulations. I, I had them so that they would come here and enjoy their life. So they would come here and, and have great friends and go and do the things they love to do, whatever that is. And that, you know, they would grow up and do what they want to do and receive good money from what they love to do and go live where they want to live and live in homes that they want to live in and drive cars that they want to drive, the adventure, the ride. It's about the ride. It's about the adventure. And so, and then sometimes I have to say, you know, like, one of my friends, she would just call me and she'd be talking, you know, and she'd say, you know, I was just horrible. I was just terrible. And I just want to say, so what? So what? You have a terrible moment. So what? We weren't stellar in that one given moment. We weren't, we didn't handle that perfectly. And I want to say, so what? So what? It's not even going to be something that you may even remember in three weeks. <laughs> Can you even remember what happened in that moment? I mean, some of the things that I... There was this circumstance that happened. I was... Um... <laughs> so I was a, a coach and I was at a child care center. So I'm at this childcare center and this young person gets taken to the office because he the te- he like did something to the teacher and she had been bleeding. And this child like throws something at a person who has a disability. And I'm forced to figure this out and I was really questioned about how I handled the whole thing, but I don't know how I could have handled it different in the moment, the way the factors were, it was like this, the stars aligned to the negative <laughs> and I just had to act and, and I don't have this kind of thing happen every day. Like sometimes like we get better at things as they happen more and more, you know, learning about people. But then there are times where we have a situation that we may not ever experience again that we don't have every day. And so we don't handle it properly. We don't handle it perfectly. But the the point of basically of my of this podcast has to do with this feeling of that there's something just wrong with us and having to 
have something outside of ourselves to fix it, whether it be, you know, an antidepressant, whether it be um, alcohol, whether it be whatever it is, whatever the drug is, and it could be sex, it could be be shopping, it could be gambling, it could be whatever it is, just to get to the next love fix. So that we so that we feel lovable. Does anything really ever change our lovableness? <laughs> Does anything really change our lovableness? And so I say to myself at times, you know, what do I just, what do I need to do to just love myself right now? Just to love myself. <laughs> and then sometimes we just have to ride the wave. We just have to ride the, you know, whatever's coming at us, just ride it and then, you know, have it pass. It'll get better. Anyway, I hope this makes some sense. And I appreciate you listening. And I will be back with other topics. And that's a wrap.